Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. Thank you. It is really important that we understand that Ephesians 4 ministries are here to equip us. They're not here to do the job. Okay? I think sometimes, particularly when it comes to people like the evangelist and the prophet, you can think, well, great, so the evangelist is coming to town, so they're going to get people saved, or the prophet's coming and we're going to have the word. Now, our job is to equip the saints for work of service. And that's what I want to do this morning. I want to look in the word together and hopefully at the end of this morning, you will be in a place where you will be able to move in gift in ways that you haven't done before. David gave me a title. It was Activating the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. And for all of us, we need to come to the place where we understand what that means. See, we talk a lot about gift, but we need to recognise it's gifts of the Holy Spirit. Paul sets them out for us in 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to read that in a minute, but it is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's him that's going to work these things with us. Jesus said, you will have power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witnesses. So these gifts that the Holy Spirit's bringing, they're part of the power to be witnesses. If we want to really reach people... We can spend a long time talking to people. We can spend a long time going through various things. But Jesus just demonstrated in his own life how to use the gifts of the Spirit to great effect. And we all know, don't we, the story of the woman sat at the well. And in two questions, he cut to the heart of the issue. And she then says, here's a man who told me everything I did. Well, actually, no, all he's told her is about the number of husbands she's had. But in her world, that was her world. It was the men in her life and the people that she'd been in relationship with, the husbands that she'd had. And he, through the power of the Holy Spirit, said some things to that woman that unlocked her whole life. He could have preached a fantastic gospel message. He could have spent hours trying to reach her. But in one short question and one response, he reaches right into the issue. And suddenly this woman is there saying, Everybody needs to come and listen to him. Everyone needs to come and say, here's a man who told me everything I did. This is the Messiah. We can spend a long time sometimes trying to reach people, trying to really get to the point of their need. Or we can come to the Holy Spirit and we can say, we want to move in gift. We want a word of prophecy. We want a word of knowledge. We want a word of wisdom. And it's as we work with the Holy Spirit, as we cooperate with him, that these things happen. How many of you have ever thought, I would like to move more in gift? And how many of you, when you thought that, said, when I get to this point, I'll be ready to do it? We do. We tell ourselves... It's about how I am. But the reality is, gifts of the Spirit are about the Holy Spirit. 
and it's about our relationship with him. And in the nicest possible way, it doesn't really matter about us. And I'm going to take you to some scriptures because I can see one or two of you looking at me and thinking, I'm not totally convinced by that comment. So we're going to look in the word and we're going to see what God says about the situation. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to do these things. He's the paraclete, the one that's come alongside to support and help us in all that we're doing. And as I look in the word, and as I look at gifts, I don't find any requirement in terms of character. See, as we, as, we, as we read through, you'll see all the various gifts that Paul lists, but there's no requirement about character. Because it's nothing to do with the recipient, it's everything to do with the giver. And once we can accept that, we're in a really good place then to begin to activate spiritual gifts in our life. Because while ever we're thinking, I've got to do certain things to qualify, we would automatically disqualify ourselves. Because that's what we're like. As natural people, we say, oh, well, I'd love to do that, but I can't because. Well, when I get to this point, I will when. No. We need to stop disqualifying ourselves and realise that it's gifts of the Holy Spirit. So there's a really good example for us in Jeremiah 23, if we can go there. want to add one thing to the comment that I made about there are no character qualifications. I'm not saying as you walk with the Holy Spirit, he won't put his finger on some issues in your life. As you move on with him, he's going to start to tackle the character issues. But it's not a prerequisite to moving in the gifts. He doesn't deal with the character first and say, when I've got you to where I want you to be, then we can move in gift. What he says is, As we walk on this journey together, I'm going to help you to be transformed from one degree of glory to another. If we go to Jeremiah 23, and God here is dealing with what he calls lying prophets. People who were telling the children of Israel at the time what they thought they wanted to hear. And if we pick it up at verse 9, he says, Concerning the prophets... My heart is broken within me, all my bones tremble. I am like a drunken man, like a strong man overcome by wine. Because of the Lord and his holy words, the land is full of adulterers. Because of the curse, the land lies parched, and the pastures in the wilderness are withered. The prophets follow an evil course and use their power unjustly. Both prophet and priest are godless. Even in my temple I find their wickedness, declares the Lord." Therefore their path will become slippery. They will banish to darkness and they will fall. I will bring disaster on them in the year they are punished, declares the Lord. Among the prophets of Samaria I saw this repulsive thing. They prophesied by Baal and led my people Israel astray. And among the prophets of Jerusalem I have seen something horrible. They commit adultery and live a lie. They strengthen the hands of evildoers so that not one of them turns from their wickedness. They are all like Sodom to me. The people of Jerusalem are like Gomorrah. 
Therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty says concerning these prophets. I will make them eat bitter food and drink poison water because from the prophets of Jerusalem, ungodliness has spread throughout the land. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord says you will have peace. And to all who follow the stubbornness of their hearts, they say no harm will come to you. But which of them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see or to hear his word? Who has listened and heard his word? See, the storm of the Lord will burst out in wrath, a, swirly, a whirlwind swirling down on the heads of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he fully accomplishes the purpose of his heart. In days to come, you will understand it clearly. I did not send these prophets, yet they have run with their message. I did not speak to them, yet they have prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words to my people and would have turned them from their evil ways and from their evil deeds. God tells you that these are really not nice people. He describes how they are. And then he comes to the end of it and he says, but if they would have stood in my counsel, they could have prophesied my word. He doesn't say if they'd have cleaned their act up and sorted their lives out. If they'd have lived better, his one thing with them is they had to stand in his presence to hear his word. And you know, that's the same prerequisite for us. If we will be in the presence of God to hear his word, we can prophesy. See, God wasn't addressing how they behaved. He just said, you're running off with your own ideas. You're taking your own words, but all you had to do was stand in my presence. Do you know how we come into the presence of God? It's by the Holy Spirit. That's why these are gifts of the Holy Spirit. God wants us to be people who learn to move in the Holy Spirit. And that prerequisite of allowing the Holy Spirit to bring us into the presence where we can listen to what God's saying, that's all we need. Because it's important that what we do is we speak the word of the Lord. Whether that's word of knowledge, prophecy, wisdom, all the other gifts we can look at, they all emanate from the presence of God. And God is sitting and he's speaking from his throne. And what he's saying is, who will listen and tell people what I'm saying? Time and again through Revelation, it says, let him who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. That's what God's crying out for, a people who will listen to what he's saying. So he's going to make it so easy for us to witness, so easy for us to reach people, if we'll just listen to him, if we'll just spend time in his presence, allowing the Holy Spirit to share with us. So if we go back to 1 Corinthians 12, Paul very kindly sets out for us here the the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I want to say this, we focus very often on the gift of prophecy. But there's a lot more in this list. 
And what I would love is to see you moving, not just in the gift of prophecy, but in the word of knowledge, in the working of miracles, in the administration of faith. As we read through this list, I want you to look at the list and say to yourself, I can move in that. When I meet a situation where I need a word of knowledge, I can have a word of knowledge if I listen to the Holy Spirit. Now about spiritual gifts, sorry, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. I want to stop there and just pick up on that phrase. See, oftentimes we think, that gifts of the Spirit are about us. Well, we've already shown that they're nothing to do with our character. It's the Holy Spirit. But equally, in the outworking, it's not really about me. The word that I get is for the common good. The gift that I use is for the common good. Elsewhere, Paul talks about the body being built up as each part does its work. So when we're looking at spiritual gifts, it's not about how can I grow? It's about what can I add to the body? What can I bring for the common good? What can I do that's going to build people up? What can I share that's going to help people to get out of the situation that they're in? As soon as we realise that the gift is not about us, it turns it around for us in terms of our perspective. See, it's not about whether I prophesy who have I brought the word of the Lord to? Yeah. And I think for all of us, we have to stop and think we need an adjustment in our thinking. Because oftentimes we think, what, God, what have you got for me to say? What, what prophetic gift can I exercise today? It's not about that. Lord, in this situation, what do you want to say? In this situation, what do you want to do? How can I build the congregation up? How can I meet this person's need as I meet them on the road? What can I say that will cause faith to rise in them? When Mandy was talking to her neighbour, she said to her, we're praying for you. And she began to speak to her about what God can do, and faith began to arise. That woman said, we know that God is with us. That wasn't a thought she had of her own volition. It's a seed that's been sown. It's a word that's been spoken. And in her own heart, she's now believing that God is with her. The prophetic word is coming to fruition. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom to another a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, 
to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So I've said there are no character qualifications. It's about the Holy Spirit. But then Paul seems to deal a bit of a killer blow there at the end. He says, well, actually it's all about the Holy Spirit and he's going to distribute as he sees fit. And it seems to infer that there's nothing that we can do. But if I turn over to chapter 13, he begins to talk about love. And then at chapter 14, he says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Well, which is it, Paul? Is it the Holy Spirit that's going to just do it as he sees fit? Or why are we eagerly desiring? I don't believe there are six steps to this, eight steps to that. I think God just looks for somebody who will stand in his presence and will also desire to be used. God is not going to give gifts to ungrateful recipients. We've all been there, haven't we? You've bought a present for somebody and they unwrap it and as they unwrap it, the look on their face tells you this is not really what they wanted. And in some instances, quite the opposite. And you think, oh, that didn't make me feel very good. God's looking for people who eagerly desire, who are going to take the gifts that he's going to give to them and use them. And so it is a sense in which the Holy Spirit distributes, but the Holy Spirit's looking for people who eagerly desire. The Holy Spirit's looking for people who are saying, I want to bring something into this situation. I want to hear your word, Lord, that I can build this person up. I have been in meetings when people have come to me afterwards and they've said, while the worship was going on, God said this to me, but I didn't bring it. My press to them is, you have no trouble hearing God, but you need to begin to speak out what God tells you. God is not going to continually speak to us if we do nothing with it. If you look at the people who move in gift, what you'll find is they're people who are willing to do something when the word comes. And sometimes that can be difficult. Let's be clear. Some of these gifts are not always nicely packaged in a way that we can just hand it over. Sometimes the word we have may be challenging. Sometimes the word that we have may need us to do something to demonstrate the word. 
I remember somebody, <laughs> somebody saying to me once, after I'd just poured a jug of cold water all over somebody, you don't seem to have any problem in demonstrating the word that God gives you. I could never do that. I have no problem in doing it because I've trained myself over the years to say, whatever he says to me, I'll do it. We read in Jeremiah, if you stood in the council to see and hear what God is doing. Oftentimes in moving in gift, we need to see what God is doing as well as hearing what he's doing. And it's not always about the word that we have, but it's about the outworking and the implementation of it. And if we're going to move in gift, we have to be willing to say, whatever you say to me, I'll do it. Don't ask for something and then once you've got it, say, oh, well, I didn't expect that, Lord. I can tell you, God will press you. Okay? Why? Because God loves obedience. That's why he said to Naaman, go and bathe in that filthy, stinking river. Was that the only way he could have got healed? Absolutely not. God could have done it any way he chose. But God was testing him. Will you be obedient to the word that I bring? How much do you actually want this healing? That's what he was saying to him. How much do you actually want this healing? And sometimes God will say to us, how much do you really want to move in a word of knowledge? How much do you really want to see breakout in the spirit? And we have to be willing to do what God tells us to do. We have to be that willing vessel. Yes. I would like us this morning to go back into worship. Just briefly, spend some time in the presence of God. Because activating gifts of the Spirit is as simple as this. We recognise there's no character qualification. We're all ably qualified if you're baptised in the Holy Spirit. If you're not baptised in the Holy Spirit this morning and you want to be, now's your opportunity. Come forward, we'll pray for you. Because you need to be baptised in the Holy Spirit to have that power to witness. There's no character qualification. He's just looking for a willing vessel. And the last thing I'd say is, the reason I want us to go back into worship is the gifts flow in the presence of prophetic people. In 1 Samuel 19, Saul is chasing David. And David is with Samuel and a group of prophets. And they're just prophesying. So David sends a group of men down. And as the men get near they just begin to prophesy with the prophets. So Saul sends a second lot, and the same thing happens. So he sends a third lot, and the same thing happens. There's a prophetic spirit, and it's invasive. You know when the the spirit of God is moving? It moves throughout the whole of the people that are there. So in the end, Saul says, right, the only way I'm going to fix this, I'm going to go myself. And as he gets near... He ends up prophesying himself. But also he ends up stripping off all his clothes and laying on the floor naked prophesying. 
And as I read that, I asked God, I said, why, Lord? He said he needed to recognise that before me, he was nothing. All his royal finery was gone. And when we come into the presence of God, we don't come in with royal finery. We come in and say, God, I'm here because of the blood of the Lamb. I'm not here by any right other than what Jesus has done for me. But we come together at times in a corporate gathering and the prophetic gift will stir within you. That as people begin to prophesy, you'll find prophetic gift moving within you. And that's why it's important that you spend time with people of like mind. People who are moving in gift, people who've got things to share with you, people who've got things to give testimony to. The Bible says this is as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. It's about being with people who can help you to really hear God clearly, who can share with you of their experiences. And as they do, you find faith arising in your own heart. As they testify how they were in this situation and God began to move. You need those people around you and you need to be the same with other people. You need to spur each other on to love and good works. There is nothing better than having testimony to cause you to praise. There's nothing better than having a prophetic word to cause you to press into God for prophetic word. That as word comes to you, you'll find there's a stirring in your own heart. So we're going to spend just a few minutes now just waiting on God together. We're going to go into the presence. And I know that God's going to speak to us. I know that some of you who haven't prophesied for a long time are going to find prophetic word coming. As you stand and you say, God, I'm here and I'm hungry for your word. I want, to sp- I want to prophesy this morning. And I know that as those words come, others are going to be saying, that's exactly what God said to me. And it will encourage you to know that you've heard what the other people have heard because you've, you've been standing in the same counsel of the Lord. It should never come as a surprise to us when we stand in a meeting and somebody else prophesies what you're already feeling. Because God is not a God of confusion. And we're all standing in the same presence of the Lord and we're all listening to the same things that are coming from the throne. Let's stand in his presence. Father, we thank you that you are the God above all gods. You are the one that we've come this morning to stand before your throne and to listen to your voice. God, I pray that as we stand here, that you would just, by your Holy Spirit, stir up gifts. Lord, that across this congregation, there'll be people whose hearts will be set aflame again. Lord, as Paul said to Timothy, fan into flame the gift that's within you. We just pray for the prophetic gifts of lame dormant. Lord, fan it into flame this morning. Let there come a fresh passion for you and for your presence. God, we say we're here just to listen to you. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. 
visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. <laughs>